Thank you for tuning in to Valley Rise Church. We're so glad you decided to join us today. For more information on sermon series and service times, you can visit us online at valleyrisechurch.com. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. Good morning, Valley Rise. Hey, can you give them a hand? That was unbelievable. Goodness gracious. I don't even know how you follow that. Like, we just need to let them stay up here all day. I'm like, because I, don't know, I don't know if I'm going to say anything that was better than that. I'm going to be honest. Um, hey, I am, I am so excited about this series. Um, this was a series that, y'all, we've been singing the new song. You guys know the new song, uh, Bigger Than I Thought. And one day I said, you know what? I want to do a whole series about this song because I love it. And I think oftentimes um, the hardest part about your Christian journey, most of the times for a lot of us, is unlearning maybe what you learned growing up. And uh, when I went to theology school, probably my first two years was unlearning stuff that I had learned and, and, and realizing that oftentimes I had put God in a box in my mind that God never intended himself to be put in. And, and we, in our ability to try, our desire to try and understand God and to put parameters on life and to make things make sense, begin to wrap a box around God and try and figure him out. But how many of you know God is so much bigger than what we can understand or fathom. God really is so much bigger than we can think. So we're gonna pray, we're gonna jump into this. Dear God, thank you so much for everything you do for us, God. The things we see, the things we don't see. Thank you, God, for every time you've saved us from ourselves. God, we're so thankful for who you are. We're so thankful for your character, for your nature. We're so thankful that you truly are bigger, God. You are bigger. Bigger than any situation we're facing. You're bigger than any, any relationship, God, that we're, that we're struggling through. You're bigger than whatever problems we have at work. God, you are bigger. And today we just proclaim that your name is greater, that you are bigger, and that you are capable of working in any and every situation. I ask that you would work in us today. Let us grow closer to you and closer to each other. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, as we begin this series, our verse for this series, Isaiah 55. I don't think the way you think. I love the message. You know what the message is? The message is pretty much a guy took the Bible and made it make sense for all of us, okay? Because they had like the King James Version, which was like, I, I doth thinketh the way you thinketh. And you're like, what does that even mean? Like, I don't even know. So the message, Eugene Peterson, who's amazing, um, took this. He died, so he's not amazing anymore. I guess he was amazing. Took this and, and put it into context for us. So Isaiah 55, 8 through 11. I don't think the way you think. The way you work isn't the way I work, God's decree. For as the sky soars high above earth, so the way I work surpasses the way you work. And the way I think is beyond the way you think. Just as the rain and snow descend from the skies and don't go back until they've watered the earth, doing their work, making things grow and blossom, producing seeds for farmers and food for the hungry, so will the words that come out of my mouth not come back empty-handed. They'll do the work I sent them to do. They'll complete the assignment that I gave them. I love this because in this verse, God himself says to us, listen, I am so much bigger than what you think. Okay, my ways are higher than what you think. My thoughts are higher than what you think. And what you see when you look at life and what you see when you look at relationships and what you see when you look at troubles and what you see when you look at struggles is not what I see. What I see is different. I love this. Hey, um, I, I, in this process, I thought, I want to find some facts about how, how big God is, how amazing what God created is. And so I went on, online, obviously, and started looking up facts that I thought were amazing. I love this one. Our planet orbits 93 million miles away from a single star. Okay, how big is God? Just keep this in your mind. 
Our planet orbits 93 million miles away from a single star, the sun, which is so large that more than one million Earths could fit inside it. Yet our sun is, at most, a medium-sized star. The largest stars can fit over three billion of our suns, or four quadrillion Earths. That is a four followed by 15 zeros inside their volumes. If our sun was replaced by such a star, its size would encompass all of the planetary orbits as far as Saturn. Think about that. Think about how little we are and yet how how involved God is in every single detail of your life. I love this. As I, as, as I read that statistic, I thought of Genesis 1-1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earths. And, and I have conversations all the time with people that are apologists, and I debate people. And we have this, and they go, you know, well, what about this evidence? What about this evidence? And, and they go, could the Big Bang have been possible? I tell people all the time, sure. However God chose to create the world, God chose to create the world. Okay? I never say it couldn't be possible. I just know the big banger, okay? I know who decided to do it. And if he decided to make the earth, however he decided to make the earth, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. I love this. Um, Psalms 139. Psalms 139. You form my innermost being. Think of this. The God that created this amazing universe, this amazing solar system, the sun as big as it could be, the earth, is all of these things, that same God formed my innermost being shaping my delicate insides and my intricate outsides and wove them all together in my mother's womb. I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. And every man that's married said amen. Mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it. How thoroughly you know me, Lord. Think about that. The same God that created that is the same God that knit us together. And when he knit us together, think of this. There are 50,000 cells in your body that died and were replaced by new ones while I was reading this sentence. Think of that. Think of how amazing your body is made. By the end of a person's life, they can recall on average, this blew my mind. How many of you think you got a good memory? Okay. How many think you got a good memory? Wow, we got, we got some serious memory problems out here. One person is like, I think I can remember yesterday. <laughs> How many of you remember who you came with? You remember where you parked? By the end of a person's life, they can recall on average around 150 trillion pieces of information. Think about that. Your brain is the greatest supercomputer ever created. The retinas inside the eye cover about 650 square millimeters, which is so small, and contain 137 million light-sensitive cells. 130 million are for black and white vision, and 7 million are for helping you see in color. How crazy is that, that the same God that created the heavens was so intimate in creating even the retinas that are in your eyes. And then the one I found the most interesting and the most true and the most honest was the average four-year-old child asks 450 questions a day. And that is true. I have a four-year-old, and everyone who's ever had a four-year-old said amen. So my question today, when I talk to people about God being big, when I talk to people about how much bigger he is than what they're going through, how much bigger he is than the situation they're in, how much bigger he is than the relationship they're struggling through, Oftentimes, I encounter the same thing. I say, God is bigger than whatever you're dealing with. And they look at me and they say, yeah, Christian, but you don't know me. If you knew me, if you knew the things that I struggled with, if you knew the things that I dealt with, if you knew the things that I've done, Christian, God, God wouldn't want to be bigger than my situation. God wouldn't want to use me. God wouldn't want to take my situation and turn it into something beautiful. And so today, I want to talk to you about, is God bigger than you? Is God bigger than your situation? Is God bigger than what's going on around you? Is God bigger than the decisions you've made in the past and the decisions you'll make in the future? 
We were out to eat uh, last week with, with, with some of our friends that came in town. We go to this place, and there's some pool tables, so we're shooting pool together, and, and I start, we start having a conversation with another group of people that are there. And they find out I'm a pastor, and so we're talking, and the girl pulls me aside. One of the girls pulls me aside, and she says, can, can I ask you something? I said, sure. And she looks at me with tears in her eyes. Just so you all know, I'm not going to make it through this message today without crying. <laughs> um, this is, this is, I'm so excited about this message. But she looks at me with tears in her eyes and says, I, I had an abortion when I was 17. Do you think God still loves me? Do you think God, God still could use me? And I was so reminded how we're so quick to put limits on what God is capable of doing with our life and our decisions, with our mistakes, with the decisions that we make. And of course, I told her, of course, God loves you. Of course, God can use you and wants to. I love this story because in this story, we realize how big God really is. Joshua 2, 1 through 14. Then Joshua, and, and let me just give you all some biblical history. Joshua is who took over from Moses. So Moses led the children out of Egypt. He led them through the desert, you know, the 40 years in the desert. And most people don't realize this. The journey only should have taken like three weeks, okay, to get from where they were going to where they were. And yet they ended up wandering for 40 years. So Moses turns it over to Joshua. He dies. Joshua takes the children of Israel into the promised land. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim. Don't say that one in public. Go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. Because Jericho is the oldest city in existence, oldest known city in existence in the Middle East. So when you go there, I was just there two months ago. You go there, and, and it's like, it's just in the middle of nowhere. It's in the middle of this desert, and then there's like this city away from everything. It's the craziest thing. He said, go look over the land, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab and stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. And, and if you're wondering why they went to a prostitute, because it would have been a place they could have got in and out, and it wouldn't have been weird for people to go, why are there random guys going into this house and leaving this house? And it was a place that they could have gone in and stayed, and no one would have thought anything about it. So the king of Jericho sent this message to Rahab. Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house, because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I did not know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, they left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly. Maybe you'll catch them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had laid on the roof. How many of you grew up in church? You remember the Bible story where it's like, there was like this picture and it was the spies and they're laying under like this thing and there's this, <laughs> there's like all this like uh, wheat on them and then like one guy's head's popping up like... I don't know, I always think of that every time I read this. So they're hiding under the flax that she had laid on the, out on the roof. So the men set out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the, to the fords of the Jordan. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up to the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given you this land and that a great fear of you has fallen on us, so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when you came out of Egypt, and what you did to Sion and Og, the two kings of the Amorites east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted in fear, and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on the earth below." Let me just stop right there and let you know, if God is capable of parting the Red Sea and if he's capable of making the walls of Jericho fall down and if he's capable of stopping the waters of the Jordan and if he's capable of bringing the children out of Egypt, 
How many know God is capable of working in your situation? That God is the God of the heavens and the earth. Yeah, you can clap. That's a good place. God is bigger. Okay, they didn't get any clap. That God is capable of working in your situation as well. God is, God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and my mother, my brothers and sisters and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our, life, our lives for your lives, the minister her. If you don't tell what we're doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us this land. How many of you know this is an interesting story? Because we read this story and we go, how many of you know this story? You know the story of Rahab and the spies, okay? We, we hear this story and you, a lot of you know what happens in the end, okay? She ends up being spared, they come, they march around the walls of Jericho. You know the little song you would sing in class? Like the, I don't know, how does it go? Like you march around the walls. And I, now that I'm thinking about it at this moment, I think they just made us do that to get our energy out, honestly. I think they were like, hey, let's march around the church. Everybody in a line. We're going to see if this thing will fall down. And <laughs> we walked around that thing a lot. Um, and and, and she, they, walk around the, the, they walk around the walls of Jericho for seven days. The walls fall down. The only place that is standing is the place where Rahab has left the rope hanging out of her window. Like they said, they save Rahab and her whole family. Everyone in her house is saved. But this is an interesting story because Rahab at this point in her life has not done anything to really deserve the salvation of God. Rahab by trade is against the Ten Commandments. Okay, by trade, Rahab is practicing something regularly that's against what God has said, hey, don't do this. Don't commit adultery. And yet, in this same process, God is able to go, hey, okay, because you've acted kindly, now I'm going to save your entire family. So the question is, can one decision change your life? Is God bigger than your one decision positively or negatively? Is God bigger than the times that we mess up? And is God bigger than the times that we do everything right? Oftentimes, we think, if I do everything right, then God is for me. And when I do wrong things, God is against me. But how many of you know it's not that simple? God is bigger than what we can think. This story is him detailing, I don't work on the same wavelength that you work on. You think good equals good, bad equals bad. That's not how I work as God. God has a master plan. And when we take one step towards God, he moves us a hundred steps in his master plan. Every step we take towards God has eternal ramifications. Every step we take towards God has eternal ramifications. And you know how good God is? Let me tell you how good God is. Because when I said that, most of your minds thought, well, when I take a step away from God, there's eternal ramifications. I love this story because the truth is the children of Israel spent 40 years in the desert wandering around to get to the promised land, to get to the place that God had given them, the land flowing with milk and honey. Okay, 40 years they spent trying to get to this place. How many of you know the promised land never moved? Okay, the promised land stayed in the same spot the entire time. And oftentimes this is how God works with us. When we take one step towards God, we get far closer to all the promises he has for us. When we take one step away, God is still in the same place going, hey, I'm just waiting for you to take one step towards me. I'm not moving. God is not moved by our good or our bad. Your good decisions don't shake. God's not going, oh my God, yes, he did it right. Like, whew, I was worried about that one today. Didn't know if he was gonna make the right decision. 
And when you do something wrong, God's not going, oh my God, I didn't see that coming. I never thought they were going to lie. And they did. And now we got to rethink this whole plan. That's not how God works. That's how we work. That's how the world's system works, which is when you do good, you get promoted. When you do bad, you get demoted. God goes, when you do good, you step towards the eternal promises I have for you. And when you do bad, thank you, Jesus, for the sacrifice that covered all of our sins. That's a great place to clap. Every step we take towards God has eternal ramifications. I want to give you three ways that God is bigger, that God is bigger. One, God sees further. God sees further than where you're at right now. And let me tell you this. He knows your yesterday. He knows your today. And he knows your tomorrow. He knows what you'll do in five years. He knows what you'll do in 20 years. And let me just say, God is capable of using it all. God is like, 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 a, like a Mexican grandma making menudo. You know what I mean? How many of you like some menudo, okay? He can use it all, all right? He's making chorizo. He can use all of it, okay? There is nothing that God cannot use in your life. And oftentimes we look at the areas of our life. <laughs> Manuel is over here laughing, who's our Guatemalan friend. He just moved from Guatemala not long ago. He understands all of my Hispanic references. I hear him laughing behind the wall. Um, God is capable of using all of the things that happen in your life. How many of you have done some things in your life you'd like to forget? Okay, starting with me. How many of you have felt unqualified for God to use you? Okay, starting with me. And oftentimes when people tell me, Christian, I would love to do this, but I don't know if God can use my story. I don't know, Christian, if I'm the type of person that can do this. Listen to me. Can I tell you all a secret? I feel like that every single day. Every single day I go, God, why would you choose me to do this? God, why would you pick me to go out and start a church? God, why would you pick me to preach? God, why would you pick me to... I feel like that every single day. And the beauty of how God works is that he doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. He doesn't go, okay, look, you are good enough, okay, and you meet all the qualifications, so yes, come on in, we're going to use you. God goes, who wants to be used? And people go, me, and he goes, great, then I can make you into what I need you to be. God is capable of using every single thing in your life. I used to always tell people, like, I feel like I'm, I'm 32 years old, but I feel probably on the inside, life experiences, like I'm 55, okay? I've done a lot in 32 years. Like, I'm like a, car, a new car that, like, looks new on the outside, but you put, like, a million miles on it under the hood. If there's still a million miles on it, there's still a million miles on that engine. It doesn't matter how new the car is. I've done, it just, I remember I used to tell my parents, I don't know what God's going to use me for, but like, I just feel like I've done so much in my life. I was in the military, and I've lived in like 47 different places, and I've like, done all kind of crazy stuff that I probably put myself in these, I did. Let me say not probably, lest anyone that knows me listen to this. I definitely put myself in these positions, okay? I got kicked out of school when I was 17, and I moved to Schulenburg, Texas, and I'm in Schulenburg, Texas going, why am I in Schulenburg, Texas? What am I ever going to, I don't know, this is crazy. I'm a Cajun. Why am I in Schulenburg, Texas? For those of you who are new here for the first time, I know what you're thinking. There's no way you're a Cajun wearing jeans that tight, okay? I am. Um, and and I, I'm going, what in the world is God? What I didn't realize is that God was preparing me to come and live here, and he began to put a seed in my heart that fell in love with the city of Houston, 
And I drive into Houston all the time and I go, God, if I could, and I wasn't even saved. I just love this city. If I could ever live in this city, I would live in this city. I proposed to my wife here, okay? Why? I don't know. I just love Houston. I told her, let's go to Houston one day. And we drove here and I proposed to her. And then we drove right back. Like, what? <laughs> just because I love this city. Only God knew, though, what was coming. Only God knew that one day I'd be able to drive my kids downtown and go, hey, look, that's where dad proposed to mom. Why? I don't know. Because only God knew that we'd be in Houston one day. Only God knew that he needed to put a seed in my heart. My mistakes of going, I'm gonna, I got kicked out of school, and I don't know what, I don't even know if I'm going to graduate. And I don't even know. God goes, I can use that. Going into the military. Okay, I went in the military. I, I didn't even, honestly, you guys want the truth? If y'all repeat this ever, I'll say it's a lie. Okay. I saw Transformers. <laughs> this is the honest to God story. I saw Transformers. And it had an Air Force guy in there that looked so cool. I left the movie theater and I drove to the recruiter's office. And I rolled in and I was like, I'm ready. And he was like, what do you want to do? Let me tell you what, there's a lot of options. I'm like, I don't care, whatever, I'll do anything. He's like, well, I mean, what, any idea? I'm like, what did the guy in Transformers do? He was like, maybe you should think this through a little more. <laughs> no, no, I can do this. Also, my father-in-law probably was trying to kill me because me and my wife were like dating. And so I had to kind of run to go to the military. But that's neither here nor there. Listen. Only God knew that he was going to take those experiences. I didn't know why I was going to the military. My dad wasn't in the military. My grandfathers were, but everybody's grandfathers were. I'd know. Only God knew I'm going to give you experiences that when you're 32, you'll be able to pastor people that are 50. Because the life experience that I've given you are unique to what I've called you to do. I mean, you know, God's life experiences he's given you are unique to what he's called you to do. He is capable of using it all. Why? Because God sees further. Number two, God's way is better. God's way is better, and anyone that's done it the wrong way said, amen. Amen. Ephesians 2, I love this. I love this. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. Stop for one second and think of this. You are God's workmanship. God, before you were created, said, I've got an amazing, unique life for this person. And I'm going to draw out what their days look like. And I'm going to, I'm going to, it's going to be amazing. And God sees the whole painting because he painted it. We are in the process and so we don't see it. So it's like I talked about last week where somebody's painting something and they turn it upside down and all of a sudden you're like, oh, it's an American flag. How did I not see that? It kind of looks the same upside down and the other way. But somehow I didn't catch that. God is painting this picture that we can't see because we're in it. We are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works, which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. I love the ESV version. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So I know what you're thinking. Some of you go, Christian, my life doesn't seem like a masterpiece. My life doesn't seem like it's been good. And I think the key part of this is God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. How many of you know my son should obey me when I talk to him? My son should go to bed when I put him in bed the first time. My son should eat his food when I ask him to. My son should do a lot of things. How many of you know because he is my son, he oftentimes does not do those things? God created an amazing plan, 
And sometimes we detour from that plan, but God goes, listen, I'm capable of using every brush stroke in this painting. And what you see as a detour, I see as a unique detail to your life that I'm going to use to reach the world. You see it as a detour, I see it as a detail. God is bigger than whatever you are going through, wherever you have been, whatever you think your life has encompassed. God's way is better. You have to have the should walk in them. Because without us walking in God's plans, listen to me, you are not a robot. God will never take advantage of your free will, ever. God will never take you and go, okay, now you're going to do this. Okay, yes, God, I will do this. Why? Because God is, what is, the Bible says God is? Love. Okay, God is love. Okay, let's try it again. The Bible says God is, oh, you guys are smart. God is love. And love is, is built on the premise of free will. You cannot have control and love. It doesn't work like that. How many of you know you cannot force someone to love you? And every woman that someone has tried to force you to love them said, look, people in the back, amen, that's me. That's him. He's trying to force me right now. Listen, you cannot force someone to love you. That same way, God cannot force you to love him. It's why God created us in our nature and core to have free will. Because he goes, I have amazing plans for you. However, it's only if you want to walk in them. Also, if you choose not to walk in them, and if you detour in life, I'm capable of taking it all and rerouting you. God is the ultimate GPS, okay? You go, you go this way, and he goes, that wasn't what we planned, but okay, rerouting. Take this route. It only added two years, Okay. This is what happened to the Israelites, okay? Moses, don't hit the rock. Moses hits the rock, rerouting, 10 years, okay? God was trying to teach them something in the process. That same way God is trying to teach us things in the process. And when we take a step towards God, it has eternal good consequences. And when we take a step away from God's promises, he goes, rerouting, we're gonna get you there. It might take a little longer, but the promises I have for your life aren't going anywhere. I want you to know, if you think that God's promises for your life have gone anywhere, that he called you to do something and that you missed it, that you made too many mistakes that he can't use you, I want you to know today that God is rerouting you to the place that he called you to be in the beginning. And the promised land is not moving. Yeah, thanks. I don't know what I'm going to do when Saul leaves because I can, nobody, I'm going to have a designated clapper. The promised land never moved. It was always there. God is always there waiting for us to take those steps towards him. And then number three, as we close, God is bigger. Can I get the band up here? Okay. How many of y'all watched my Instagram story yesterday? And I told you, I'm probably going to cry today. I know you're like, it's weird because you were in the military and you're Cajun, but you're kind of like a little girl. I'm not, first of all. Second of all, I'm just emotional sometimes. Okay. I'm a little sensitive. Wasn't always this way. I had two daughters and they made me this way. God is bigger. How many know only God can write the stories of our life? Only God can write the stories of your life and of my life. And it's amazing when we look at them from behind, from from the backside. When we look at the backside of our story, it's awesome. How many of you went through something that was horrible and then you saw God use it and said, Oh my God, you're brilliant, God. How did you do this? You're amazing. I never thought you would use this. I never thought this would happen. I never thought you could take this part of my life and make it help someone. I never thought. And on the backside, it's always easy to see. You know, hindsight is 2020. 
You see something from, from, from the, the, after it's all happened, all of a sudden it all makes sense. All of us are in, in that queue. Okay, queue is like a line. I don't know if you guys know that. It's like an English word. I'm pretty fancy, like a queue. Um, it, 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 all of us are in queue. All of us are in process. God is doing something in our lives and we're in that process. And I want you to know that God is okay with your journey. God is okay with your process. No matter where you're at in the process, God is bigger than what you think he can or can't do with you. God is bigger than your one decision or your hundred decisions. Do you think that Rahab at any point said, why would God save me? Why would God save me? God didn't just save Rahab. But those of you who know the lineage of Jesus, Rahab is in the lineage of Jesus. Rahab married Salmon, and Salmon had Boaz, and Boaz had Jesse, and Jesse had David, and David had Solomon, and Solomon had Rehoboam, and Rehoboam had Jeroboam. Okay, we go all the way down. Rahab was inserted into the lineage of Jesus. A prostitute. Someone that if they were here today, you'd go, oh gosh, like, whew, I don't know if, are they at the right place? That God looks and goes, not only are they at the right place, but I'm going to put them in the highest position because your ways are not my ways. Your thoughts are not my thoughts. And she is inserted into the lineage of Jesus by one right decision. A thousand bad decisions the opposite way didn't negate God from using her one decision to bring Jesus into the earth. It didn't negate her, all of the sin that had happened. All of your sin, all of my sin, doesn't disqualify God from using you. God goes, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And you know why? And we all go, why? And he goes, because your ways are not my ways and your thoughts are not my thoughts. And you see glimpses of the journey. I see the whole picture. God is so much bigger. And God writes the best stories. It was probably 1960. I don't know. A long time ago. Were any of you alive? Oh, I'm not even going to ask. Okay. <laughs> Some of you were like, 1960 wasn't that long ago. 1960, there was a man. His name was Brian. Brian Bodwin. And Brian was... was Good Catholic, good South Louisiana Catholic. Mass every day, okay? Every day. If you're from South Louisiana, you know. The, you grow up in South Louisiana, you go to Mass every single day, all right? Like, I, was, I wasn't even Catholic, and I went to, like, our church, and then I went to Mass with my girlfriends, plural, okay? Went to Mass. <laughs> so, you go to Mass every day. Brian went to Mass every single day. But Brian was an alcoholic. And Brian had tried for years to get free. Brian had tried for years to shake his addiction to alcohol. Brian had tried for years. And now he was at a point where his wife said, listen, we're done. I can't put up with it anymore. I'm leaving. I'm not doing this. When you come home today, I'm going to be gone. Brian was driving home from work that day and saw a church on the side of the road and said, I'll try anything. Rolled in there, said, hey, can I speak to the pastor? pastor came out and said, I, I've been a Catholic my whole life. I can't shake this addiction I have to alcohol. Please, if there's anything that can help me, I'll do it. He ends up leading Brian to Jesus. He gets radically saved. 
stops drinking, his addiction gone. Let me just say it doesn't happen like that for everybody. It's awesome that it happened like that for him. Addiction gone. Goes home, tells his wife, everything's different. I met Jesus, everything is different. I've been born again, I'm new. She goes, I don't believe you. What, 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 what happened? He takes her and goes back to the church. She gets saved, okay? They end up raising seven children, godly children, awesome children. One of those children marries a pastor. This pastor has five children. One of those children was the devil. <laughs> um, and one of those children was the one that everyone would say, God, this kid, he's going to be in prison for sure. Prison by 20 for sure, okay? He's going to get someone pregnant. He's going to end up a drug addict. He's going to be in prison. He's going to be kicked out of school at 16, lived in five different states by the time he was 20. All, all of the journey that people looked at and said, what in the world? How could God take a sweet couple, godly parents, godly grandparents, and then give them this child? <laughs> Why would you do this to them, God? That was me. Only God knows the journey. But how many know God's capable of writing stories so much better than what we could even write? Because it's 16 years old, I had a cousin. My cousin was equally as bad as me. My cousin, her, her parents, my mom's brother, lived in Maryland. And they called my dad one day and said, we don't know what to do with this girl. We're sending her to you. We're putting her on a plane. If y'all can help her, help her. We don't know. She shows up. I cannot overstate <laughs> how demonic. <laughs> she gets off the plane in all black. Marilyn Manson black. Okay. Black eyeliner. The Jinkos. The, people would not sleep in the same house with her. They were scared to death. Like overly demonic. Okay. Like, like. You'd go in a room and she'd have these drawings of the devil everywhere. And you'd be like, what in the world is good? This is crazy. This is some demonic stuff, okay? Like, I'm like, I'm bad, but I'm not, like, demonic. Like, I, I like to party, but not with the devil. Um, <laughs> like, we all got lines, you know what I mean? And they begin, we begin a journey. Me and this 16-year-old girl, my cousin. And, and, and we were running partners. And we went through crazy times together. And God took both of our journeys in different places. But only God can write amazing stories. <clears throat> God, I'm such a baby. Only God can write amazing stories. Because that 16-year-old girl grew up, and God used her story. And that's who led you in worship this morning, the redhead. <clears throat> Her name is Catherine, and she's my cousin. And she is one of the worship leaders at Hope City downtown. And only God knew that we would end up in the same city. And only God knew that we'd be able to call her when Joey's off celebrating his birthday and go, hey, can you come lead worship? And I'm writing my message last night thinking, if people only knew, <laughs> if y'all only knew, you would not be here. <laughs> and as powerful as it was when she was singing and as amazing as the gift as God had on her life, she had that same gift at 16. She just decided to start taking steps towards God.
She decided that her one decision God could take and use. I decided that my one decision God could take and use. And all of us are a product of one decision. Brian Bodwin's decision to pull over on the side of the road in Lafayette, Louisiana and say, I don't know what I got to do, but I need something. I don't know what I got to do, but my life is in shambles and I need something. And only God knew at that point, I've got the best story. I've got the best story. And you are developing your life stories. And as you take steps towards God, God will take those and go, hey, I am writing a story further in advance than you could ever imagine. How many of you know, when me and Catherine were sneaking out of the house and smoking cigarettes and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, I can't mention or you leave the church, they, God saw this. God saw this. Everyone else saw that. God saw this. How many of you know whatever people see in your life is not what God sees in your life? People saw a prostitute. God saw the lineage of Jesus. People saw someone that was an outskirt, someone who lived on the outside of town doing a shady business. God goes, I can bring the Savior of the world through people like that because they don't even care. They're willing to be used. They don't even think I can use them, but watch what I can do. How many of you know if you feel unqualified today, if you feel like God can't use your story, God is bigger than whatever you are going through. God is bigger than your understanding and your constraints of what you've done to deserve or not deserve God to use you. And God doesn't use us based on how good we are or how bad we are. Listen to me, this is so good. God uses us based on how available we are. On how available we are. You know what qualified Rahab to be saved, to be in the lineage of Jesus? Her availability to go, I'll hide, the, I'll hide the spies. I'll do it. God, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'll, I'll do it. I know these people are of you, and I'll do it. Listen to me. God is capable of using you. Remove the constraints that you've put on God in your mind of what you deserve him to do in your life or what you don't deserve him to do in your life. And just be available for God to use. God is bigger than our one decision or our thousand decisions. All he's looking for is our availability. Would you bow your heads with me today? God, we're so thankful. God, we're so thankful that you are so big. You are so much bigger than what we are capable of understanding. You are so much bigger than what we are capable of fathoming. Your ways truly are higher than our ways, God. Your thoughts truly are higher than our thoughts. Only you could paint the stories you paint, God. Only you. No one else could come up with these stories. God, we're so thankful. Thank you, God, for the obedience of others that got us here. God, may our obedience, may our steps towards you echo into eternity and be the reason that other people are sitting here in 5, 10, 15, 20 years. God, that our obedience would be what draws other people to you, not to us. That as we step closer to you, that the eternal ramifications echo further than we could ever understand. Thank you that you're not done with us. Thank you that you're never finished with us. Thank you that you're not through with us. Thank you that no matter what our past has held, that you are capable and bigger than it, and you can use each and every part of our story. 
Today, God, we just come before you and we give it all to you. We give you the story, God. We say you write it. We take a step towards you, God. Whatever it is, we take a step towards you. We jump in. We say we want to be used, God. We want to be available. If you can use us, use us. God, I'll never forget that 20-year-old boy lost, hurting, broken, addicted, in bondage that just said, God, if you can use me, God, if you can use me, use me. Today, that's going to be a moment for some of these here, God, where they say, if you can use me, use me. God, we want to be available to you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, there may be some of you here that as I'm talking, you're realizing, Christian, you talk about this relationship between you and God. You talk about, I've never experienced that. Maybe I've experienced religion or I've experienced church, but I've never had the relationship with Jesus that you're talking about, that sets you free, that breaks bondages, that opens up my life to be used by God. But Christian, I want that. I want to take that step toward God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, this is between you and Jesus. I just want to pray for you. If that's you and you say, Christian, today, I want to take that step towards Jesus and I want to start that relationship with Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up for me so I can pray for you? Amen. Amen. See those hands. Last time, if that's you, you're a Christian, that's me. I want to be used. Amen. You can put your hands down. Now I want you to repeat this prayer after me. And you can say it out loud. You can say it in your heart. This is between you and Jesus. All I ask is that you mean it. Dear Lord Jesus, today I realize how badly I need you. That my best intentions, my best laid plans, all of my effort will never account for what you've done for me. So today, Jesus, I receive you. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you came from heaven to earth to live a perfect life. I believe that you died on the cross, a death I should have died, so that I wouldn't have to. I believe you paid my sin bill so that I wouldn't have to. And I believe that you were raised from the dead to give me freedom and new life. Today, Jesus, I take a step towards you. I choose to become a follower of Jesus. Use me. I'm all yours, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. I want to pray for one more group of people today. If, if you're here, again, every head bowed, this is between you and Jesus. I just want to pray for you. If you're here and you're a Christian, you don't know my story, and I feel like God can't use me. That's me. I'm the one that feels like my story can't be turned around. If you knew the things, Christian, today I want to pray for you. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you and you go, I want to be used by God, but my story feels like it's holding me back. I want you to slip your hand up, but I just want to pray for you. Amen, 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 amen. You can put your hands down. 
I'm going to pray for you. And I just want you to receive this from someone who has been sitting exactly where you are. God, right now, you see each and every person whose hand was raised. God, you see their heart. You see their desire. God, you see their availability. God, today we pray that you would take them and the step they take towards you, you would multiply times a thousand. That you would do what only you can do, Jesus. That you would use their availability. That you would qualify them. That you would work in them. That you would take them on the journey, God. And you would use their story in a beautiful way. We come against every lie of the enemy that would plague their mind. Every lie of condemnation and shame and guilt that would come against them. We say, the devil, you have no place in our heart or our mind. We are set free. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We set our eyes on Jesus and we run towards him. God, bless them, watch over them, protect them, keep them, bring them a new joy and begin to use them in ways they never, ever imagined. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give a hand to those that just made the greatest decision of their lives? Cool. Hey, I am so excited for this series. This is, I, I believe that God's going to use, look at me, I'm sweating like, jeez, I don't know whose idea was to wear black up here. Um, God is going to do a lot in this series. I feel it. I know it. Easter is going to be amazing. Remember, this is the time to invite people. If there's people that you've been praying for, people that have been on your heart, this is the time. You kind of got to be like super cold to say no to Easter, Okay. Bring your friends, bring your family. I promise I will preach the best message of my life that week, okay? And it will be awesome. God will do something amazing. Listen, God's not looking for qualified. He's looking for available. And you know what available looks like? Hey, would you like to come to church with me on Easter? That's what available looks like. You don't gotta be a preacher. You don't gotta know it all. You don't gotta, you gotta know what the Bible says about it. You, you just go, hey, you wanna come to church with me? Well, do y'all believe this? Do you believe, listen, I don't know. I just know it's not weird coming to church with me. God's looking for available, not qualified. Hey, before we go on, this is a, this is a bittersweet day. I want to pray over Saul and Dulce. Y'all come up here. It's another reason I'm not going to make it through without crying. <laughs> um, so a year, probably almost a year ago, to the day, um, Saul and Dulce came to us, and, and we, had, we had just planted and said, hey, we have a desire to plant a church one day. You know, in, in a year, we want to plant. Could we come and learn with y'all and learn from y'all and help and be a part of the team? And we said, yes, for sure. And so they, this is their last Sunday with us as they embark to plant their church on the other side of Tomball, which is awesome. This is our family. They have served. They, they have done more than y'all could ever imagine. And they've held our arms up and they've encouraged us and they've loved on us and they've given and they've called me in the middle of the night when, and texted me when I was at my end and reminded me of the promises of God for Valley Rise and for our lives. And God is going to use them in an amazing, amazing way. Any of y'all that know Saul and Dulce know how gold they are. So would y'all stretch their hands towards them as I pray over them and just bless them. Dear God, today, it is our privilege and our joy to stand with Saul and Dulce, God, as they go to be your hands and your feet to a hurting and broken world. God, as they go to forward the kingdom, as they go to reach the hurting, as they go to encounter dark, God, and, and defeat the enemy every single day. God, we pray that your hand would be on them. We ask that your anointing would be with them, God, that your presence would go with them. 
We ask that everything they set their hand to, God, that you would flourish it, that you would be with them. God, that you would encourage them as they've encouraged us, that you would bless them as they've blessed us, God, that you would speak life into them and bring people to help them as they've been that to us. God, today we bless them. We say that we're a family, we are with them, we support them. God, we ask that your hand would be with them. You would bring them the people they need, God. You would bring them the resources they need. You would bring them the dream teamers they need. You would bring them those with a servant's heart that they need. And as they step out and do this, God, that you and you alone would provide for them. You would meet them, God. You would open doors only you can open. Thank you, God, for this amazing couple. Your stories are better than ours, God. And we know that you are writing an amazing story with them. So today, God, we bless them. We send them out to go do amazing, amazing things. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Hey, would you give them a hand? They are gold, and we will, we're going to support them as a church, and we're going to help them, and we're going to make sure that they have every single thing they need. Um, we we're excited, and this is what the body of Christ looks like. It looks like expanding and taking ground, so we're so excited. Hey, thank you all so much for being here with us today. If you came prepared to worship with your giving, we've got three ways you can do that. You can give in an offering envelope when they pass the bucket. You can also put your connection card in there. Um, that's where your prayer request is on, and um, you can slip that card right in there. Um, you can give online at valleyrisechurch.com or you can text valleyrise and the amount to 77296. Hey, none of this happens without you guys. We're so thankful for every single thing you give. You guys are such a generous church. Y'all have, y'all have no idea. I know you look around and you're like, there's not a ton of people here. I'm, I'm friends with like 100 church planners that are doing what we're doing. And believe me, y'all are a far more generous church than you realize. So thank you so much for how good y'all are in allowing us to continue to do what we're doing, continue to see God take ground in this area. Hey, could y'all give it up for Catherine? Come hug me, Catherine. What an amazing, hey, thank y'all so much. What a, what a gift. No one would have ever thought. <laughs> Can't even look at her is with a straight hard to believe? This is very hard to believe. Very Everything hard to he believe. said is completely true, I will say. It was bad. I asked her last night, I called her, I said, do you have any pictures? She said, I destroyed every single picture. Okay. No, I'm sorry, to, to clarify, my parents destroyed all evidence against my will. So there, there's no, nothing remaining. <laughs> <laughs> the first like week she got down here, I'm like, well, how bad could you be? She was like, well, me and my boyfriend had a little issue. I'm like, what happened? She's like, well, he got mad at me and stabbed himself in the leg, straight through the leg with a knife. I was like, true story. Jesus, that is bad. I'm like, that's crazy. That is demonic. I'm like, I just like to party, but not with the devil. Like that's <laughs> Hey, we're going to pray over this offering. I'll let you get out of here. Dear God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you that we get to be together. God, I pray you bless every gift and every giver. Multiply it back to them a hundredfold. God, let this be the greatest week of their lives. I pray that you take their story, and as they take steps towards you, God, as they make themselves available, that you take those eternal ramifications and multiply them more than they could ever possibly imagine. God, I pray that you would bless them, keep them, watch over them, and protect them. Let this be the greatest week ever. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram using at Valley Rise Church. We hope you enjoy today's message and we'll see you soon.